0: Last Sunday at Westy e. High. How about that, huh? Um, man, it's cool. So um, I guess now that it's the last Sunday here, I can tell you a little story about somebody I met on Easter Sunday. Um, Easter Sunday, I was helping set up sound in the back corner over there, and I, um, I met a little school mouse. And uh, yeah, so it was, uh, you know, I didn't, t- I haven't told my wife that yet. But uh, so for you ladies who are wearing flip-flops, you know, you might want to prop your feet up or something. But I figured I could tell you that it was cool. He came to celebrate the resurrection, you know. So he loved, he loved it was a Christian school now, so that was kind of cool. But uh, eating off of this, he was literally like eating off of our squeaky clean floors in here. So it was it was good. But uh, hey, I'm going to miss this place a little bit, a little bit. Uh, I'm going to miss the, uh, the staff. Some of you guys have gotten to know Wayne, so make sure to send him some love on the way out. And uh, we've gotten to know some of the administration. And um, we've had a handful of missions teams who have served here and worked here. Got to know Miss Cisco, the librarian, and so uh, that has been cool. So uh, anyhow, God's been good uh, in that regard, um, just allowing us to have some good relationships here. But we are uh, we're really excited to to move to this next phase and and see what God does in Roslindale. Uh, like I said, bus transportation, so it kind of opens up a door there, um, which is which is pretty cool. And we're gonna try this 6 p.m. thing out and see uh, see what God does with that as well. And so uh, yeah yeah, that'll be uh, That'd be cool. If you come in next week at 6 p.m. with bedhead and still feeling groggy, we're going to exercise church discipline on you, the sin of slothfulness, right? And so uh, if you can't get going at 6 p.m., you're done. You're done. Um, why don't we pray and um, ask God to uh, bless our time together. God we, uh, God, we pray that you would be honored in this place this morning. Um, we ask that you would uh, just stir our hearts um, Lord, show us um, some things in us that we need to, we need to know, and um, Lord, I, I pray that, um, God, I pray that you would, um, this morning, just, just really illuminate your scripture. We need to hear uh, your scripture in a, in a fresh way, and um, God, I pray that we would. I pray that you would continue for us as a church to knit our hearts together. Um, Lord, show us um, just how to live in one accord and live with one another as we're in this series on uh, one another. And um, God, we do pray your, your, your presence and your blessing over this place, uh, this school. Lord, there's so many students here uh, that need Jesus. And God, I pray that you would work in their hearts. You would work in the hearts of the, the teachers and the custodial staff, the people that we've been able to um, get to know a little bit. And then, Father, I pray that the seeds that we planted, Um, that you would cause the growth, and so we commit them to you. Um, Thanks for Wayne and his friendship and uh, how hard he works here. Um, We just commit him to you, lift him up to you. Uh, Would you continue to move in his heart, and uh, we thank you for him. He's been a a friend, and we commit him to you. And uh, God, as we move into the new building, Lord, I ask that you would um, just send your your presence, Lord, that you would move in power, and uh, Lord, may it uh, transform back into a church, in a sense. Uh, God, I pray that uh, you would just really uh, light that place up. We thank you for the privilege to to uh, minister in a place when they're, where there are international students, and, and God, we dream of the day that we'd be able to get to know them and send them back to their countries with the gospel of Jesus. That they come here with open hearts to learn American culture and learn our language, they would go back with uh, with Jesus. And so we commit that to you, and uh, Lord, for the the, uh, the people of Rosendale, may we show up and, and uh, may they be excited and receive us well. And uh, more importantly, may they receive you and uh, that you would change that place. And uh, Lord, we continue to focus on the Parkway, West Roxbury and Rosendale. We ask that you do a powerful thing here. So we commit it to you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, let's get, get rolling here. I'm excited to talk about... Um, The topic this morning. Anybody ever been on a long road trip? Hop in your car and gone on a long road trip? Been up and down the the east coast a few times uh, on several occasions and uh, if you're smart in Boston here if you're smart right if you're smart uh, and you're going to go on a long road trip um, what you're going to do is you're going to check out your car a little bit before you go on the road trip and so what you might do is you might make sure that your fluids are, are all set you're gonna make sure that the oil level is good. Um, you're gonna check the air in your tires. You're gonna make sure the the wheels. You might even go get your car aligned because you're gonna be making a long road trip. You don't want to wear down your tires. You're gonna you're gonna do all kinds of things. If there's any loud you know noises coming out of your car, um, you're probably gonna go take care of that. You know you don't want to put a thousand miles in your car with that noise on top of it. And so uh, you would do all kinds of things in your car to make sure it's ready to go for the road trip. And we as a church are going on a little bit of a trip, not so far, but we're going to Rosendale. And so what we've been doing is going through this, uh, through this series, One Another, and just kind of getting a little uh, you know, a little diagnostic, right? We're doing a little work on ourselves and, and making sure that we're ready and we're prepared and we're, um, we're functioning appropriately as a community of believers. And so that's what we've been doing. We've been focusing on this Greek word, alelon. And uh, just the, the many occurrences of it in the New Testament, we're looking at um, what God has to say about how we function uh, with one another. And so we've seen uh, the command so far to love one another, we've seen the command to encourage one another, and uh, this morning I'm excited to talk about showing hospitality to one another. Hospitality. So I've told you several times now that uh, one another shows up a little over 40 times in the New Testament, uh, twenty-three to twenty-four different commands of those forty-plus times that it shows up. Now, think about it. Why? Why do you suppose that one another has showed up so frequently in the New Testament? The, the reason it's shown up so many times in the New Testament is because the Christian faith is designed to be lived out with one another. Right? We're, we're designed to do this thing in community the gospel is meant to be lived out in in community and 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 being a lone ranger christian i've told you is kind of like saying i'm a baseball player but i refuse to play on a team problem with that is that baseball is a team sport right and the christian faith is is a team sport it's designed to be lived out in community god the, the 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 father son and spirit it's a community they they function perfectly together and we've been made in his image we've been made to function in community like that and so we've been focusing on one another and and what just basically the premise this morning is this and I'll just I'll give it to you the premise is that hospitality is the invitation to live out the faith with one another I'll say that again you might want to write it down if you're a, a writer hospitality is the invitation to live out the faith with, with one another. And so what we're going to do this week is just keep it real simple, real simple. I don't want to overcomplicate this thing, and then we'll tear down, put it all on the U-Haul truck, and, and go on the road trip, right? But um, most of you agree with me when I say that the Christian faith is designed to be lived out in community. Now, I want to ask you, so how are you making that happen? You're like, I totally agree. Christian faith should be meant, Is meant to be lived out in community, but how are you going to make that happen? And here's the answer. Aaron's going to put it up on the uh, screen for you. The, The answer is this. Hospitality is how you invite, encourage, and enable someone to live out the faith in community. Make sure you catch that. Hospitality is how you invite, encourage, and enable someone to live out the faith in community. Let's just take each of those bold words together real quick. Um, Practicing hospitality, you are, are inviting somebody, whether Christian or non-Christian, you're inviting them into the community. You're saying, come live this thing out with me, right? And, and, and the next thing is you're, you're encouraging them, or the, the, the form of encouragement that we learned about last week, exhortation. You are exhorting them, encouraging them to practice this. You're saying, we need to practice this. I exhort you, practice it. I'm inviting you, practice biblical community and then the next thing you're doing is you're enabling them you're saying okay now here's an occasion let me give you an occasion to, to live this thing out in, in in community and so that's hospitality that's what you're doing when you practice hospitality and so let's look at it in the scriptures uh, why don't you flip open to first peter four first peter chapter four if you have it we'll always put it on the screen for you but first um, peter four when, when we're in the new building by the way since you guys are, are regulars, just a reminder um Help us passing out Bibles and stuff. You know, if, if you see a new person without a Bible, you can tell them they can, they can have one of ours if they don't have one of their very own. And same thing with pens and stuff. Just help them pass, pass pens out when it's time to fill out connection cards and all that good stuff, right? First uh, Peter 4, 8 and 9. Uh, while you're flipping there, as I mentioned in, in week one, Love is that umbrella one another, right? We talked about love first and we said love is that one another that really covers all the other one another's. And so last week we said love by encouraging, this week we say love by showing hospitality. 1 Peter 4.8, here's what it says. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Verse 9, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. then it goes and gets into spiritual gifts. So let's, let's break this down. Like I said, not very complicated, but I, I think it's important for us to, to kind of study this for a minute here. Uh, it says in verse 8, it says, keep loving one another. And so love here is, is a verb, and he's saying continue with it, keep it up, keep doing this action, keep loving one another, press on. Then he goes on, he says, and, and know that love covers a multitude of sin, sins. In other words, where, where love abounds offenses can be overlooked where, where love abounds um, offenses can be forgotten here's not what, I, I don't mean that that our sin gets swept under the rug what I mean is we deal with it but then we move on and we can still function despite things that have happened among ourselves and, and with each other and so love covers a multitude of sins and then it, it goes on it says so so keep on loving one another and, and and how does it say to love one another it says love one another earnestly Love one another earnestly. And, and what earnestly means is be intent on this. Be serious about this. So seriously, right now, let's talk about this. How do we get serious about loving one another? How Are we going to get serious about, about loving one another? How are we, we going to do it? I mean, it's easy to throw the term around. And Christians do it all the time. We're to love. We're, we're to be a loving people. We should be super loving. We even, uh, you know, a few weeks ago said we, we should love sacrificially right just as Christ did John 13. It's easy to say but what what do we do how, how do we do that and, and here's how we do it look at verse 9 you want to know how he says okay show hospitality to one another there's a great way to do it show hospitality to one another without grumbling verse 9 and so so you want to get serious about loving one another well here's a great practical step show hospitality show hospitality and and let me just tell you it's it's all over scripture i uh, will put another uh, slide up there for you and, and just give you some scriptures with uh, some commands for hospitality look at uh romans twelve thirteen. you don't have to flip there we'll, we'll throw it on the on the screen and um, and i would encourage you write some of these down for for further study we'll put uh, just a list of these up for you romans twelve thirteen. 13 uh, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality, Romans twelve thirteen. So the command here is contribute to each other's needs and seek to show hospitality. Another one is in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and, and Titus chapter 1, uh, these, these chapters lay out the qualifications of pastors and elders. And, and let me just tell you, in case some of you guys don't know, here's how, how we're doing it here. We're in a, a very formative stage, obviously. We're just a brand-new church, and... Um, and, and in time, God's going to raise up more pastors and more elders, and that's going to happen. Um, right now, it's, it's, uh, it's me, but so you know, I'm not the guy kind of flying solo right now, but the way we set up the structure of the church as we're in this early formative stage as a church plant is I answer to the mother church board of elders, right? There's safety in plurality, right? You don't want to give one guy too much power. That's why you get these, like, rock star pastors, right, who can do whatever they want, and then a lot of times they go astray and lead the church astray and it gets kind of crazy right so i'm accountable to them until god raises up leaders here so that's just kind of a little uh a little rabbit trail i was chasing the rabbit but let's get back first timothy 3 and titus 1 both lay out if for, for pastors and elders for church leaders one of the qualifications is they've got to be hospitable they've, they've got to be hospitable if they're going to model for you what it means to to be a man of god They've got to be hospitable, right? And so that's one of the qualifications. And, and then here's another passage, Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Again, you might want to write these down so that you can, uh, you can get into them. It says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So, if you invite me to your house and I show up in a robe and have a halo over my head, that makes sense, right? I'm an angel. No. So what, what this is alluding to is Genesis chapter 18 when, when Abraham showed hospitality to three uh, people. He cooked them steaks. I mean, he just really went big for them. And, and then they prophesy and say, you're going to have a child, right? They prophesy um, the coming of, of Isaac. And uh, man, he was... Uh, he was entertaining them and showing them hospitality, not knowing that they were, in fact, angels of the Lord. And so if you have a house guest over and they start sprouting wings, now you know, right? It's biblical. All right, hospitality. We see here it's commanded by God. It's commanded by God. And it's modeled for us by uh, men and women of, of the faith. And so let me just give you some uh, some examples beyond just Abraham of, of hospitality. So we've given you some commands for hospitality. Let's look, just look at some examples and, and again, you might want to write some of these references down. In Mark one thirty-one, we have Peter's mother-in-law. And, uh, and here's what it says. It says, and, and he, Jesus, uh, came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve him. So here's what's going on. Uh, Peter's mother-in-law, right? So if, for, let me just kind of answer a little Catholic trivia here, right? For, for, for those who would say that Peter was the first pope, problem is he was married right and and we know he's married because he has a mother-in-law that's kind of part of the deal right and so he has a mother-in-law here and it says and 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 jesus took peter's mother-in-law by the hand and and lifts her up she has this fever that she's she's about to die and jesus heals her and what happens as soon as she's healed she goes oh my goodness we're in my house right now i gotta be hospitable and so she goes from deathbed to she just starts to serve Jesus. And and the ministry team right there in Mark 131. Here's another one. In Acts chapter 9, verse 43. Now Peter's got his own ministry that God has entrusted to him. He's ministering now in Joppa. And it says, and he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. So he stays with Simon, the guy who deals with leather, right? And and so Peter's doing ministry. He says he stays with him for many days. Like he's there for a long period of time. There's hospitality displayed. Uh, also in Acts 10:48. Peter uh, enjoys the hospitality of this guy, Cornelius. It says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to remain for some days. And so Peter ministers to them. He then dunks them, and then they say, stay with us. Stay for, stay for a while. Another example, um, Acts 16, 15. This is uh, Paul sh- uh, being shown hospitality by this woman, a uh, wealthy woman named Lydia. It says, uh, after she was baptized... And her household as well. She urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. She was, she was a strong woman. Right? She's like, you're going to stay. You're going to have fun. You're going to enjoy yourself. Right? I love this. She prevailed upon them. Right? So here's what we have. We have these baby Christians uh, being baptized, being led to Jesus. And, and these baby Christians right out of the gate say, I want to be hospitable. I want to I serve you. I want to I welcome you in right out of the gate, new believers. Now, here's another example. In Acts 16.34, um, kind of similar, similar uh, occasion of hospitality with the Philippian jailer. It says, uh, then he brought uh, them up into his house and, and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And so Paul had just led this guy to, to faith and his household. And then they say, well, can we feed you? <laughs> But we want to feed you. Here's here's another one, just a couple more. Jesus exercising hospitality in, in Matthew eleven nineteen. It says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, they being Pharisees, the scribes, the self-righteous, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and, and sinners. See, the, the self-righteous didn't like that Jesus wasn't hanging out with them. He was hanging out with you know the sick need a hospital, right? He's hanging out with those who are are, are in, in sin, and they say, ah, oh, look at him, he's a drunkard, he's a glutton, because he's eating with them, he's being with them, and spending time with them, and, and then of course, the, the, uh, a really powerful example of the hospitality of Jesus, the Passover meal, right, in Matthew chapter 14, 13, uh, 14, and 15, um, Jesus sends some disciples ahead to go and to, to secure the upper room, right, for um, the Passover, and then to get things prepared, and so Jesus really is hospitable and says we'll do that we'll do the Passover I'll take care of I'll take care of the meal and then ultimately today our version of the Passover communion think about that every time we exercise communion God set that table for us he says come and eat at my table right my my bread my, my wine my body my blood I've set the table and God is hospitable to us and there's the gospel right in that so hospitality is really displaying the sacrificial love and the giving love and really the gospel to, to other people. And so these are some good examples uh, displayed to both Christians and non-Christians. Christians, one another, and non-Christians are people that were saying, we invite you in to be a part of the one another, the gospel community. And, and, and so, so when practice on, on Christians, remember when you're doing that, displaying hospitality to Christians, remember you're inviting them, you're encouraging them, and you're enabling them uh, to live out the gospel in and community. And, and when practiced on non-Christians, remember you're saying, come be a part of this community. Come give your life to Christ, and, and you're inviting them in to, um, to the faith. And so let's go a little deeper. Uh, a definition of hospitality I found in the dictionary, I think it really lays it out well. Let's, I just want to read it to you, um, and we have it on the screen. Definition is this. Um, hospitality is the, the, the friendly reception and treatment of guests or strangers. The quality or disposition of receiving and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, and generous way. And so, yes, hospitality oftentimes will translate into meals at your home, right? Hospitality will will maybe for you translate into taking somebody out for a meal. Um, Hospitality uh, may translate into providing a place for somebody to stay. Um, In in this biblical period, some of these texts that we were even just reading through – People were having others stay at their place because in that day, the inns were not the holiday inn. The inns were dangerous places to stay. The inns uh, were often very uncomfortable places to stay. And so, like, you don't want to stay at the hotel. You want to come stay uh, at my place, right? Like, versus today, it's kind of, it may be awkward for you to stay at somebody's house, right? You'd rather just get the hotel. Complete opposite then. Uh, but even more, here's what hospitality is. I like it uh, it's a disposition of, of, of the heart, right? Where, where, where you're welcoming to people and you're, you're inviting them in. This is the heart of Christ where he welcomes other people into his family, right? That's what we're doing. It's a disposition uh, which will lead to, in turn, receiving people and showing kindness uh, to people. And so I do want to do this. I'll, let me clarify for a minute. Let's take a little kind of sidebar and clarify that there is a difference between hospitality and entertaining. I want you to know there is a difference there. Hospitality is about ministry to others, where generally speaking, entertaining is about me. Do you get that? Hospitality is about others. Entertaining typically is about me. In other words, hospitality says, I want to I minister to the Smiths, and so I'm going to have them over um, so that I can know them and, and they can be known and I can care for them, whereas, whereas entertaining says, I want to show the Smiths my sweet new condo, right? I want to show off my sweet china, I want to show them that my wife can really cook. That, that's more entertaining. It's, it's kind of more about me, right? I want to have fun with the Smiths. I want to be tight with the Smiths because the Smiths are cool. That's, that's entertaining. I want to be in with, with them, whereas hospitality is, is I want to serve them. I want to care for them. I want to love on them. I want to open up my house as a ministry center to them. That, that's hospitality. And so we have to constantly be checking our motives because it's kind of a blurry line. You know what I mean? We've got to check our motives over and over and over again. Did I, did I invite the Smiths to my house? Because if, if I invite them to my house, maybe they'll feel like they should invite me to their house. And then I can get some of Holly's great Mexican cooking, right? Is, is that the motive of my heart? Because then that would be like, that would be a, a selfish motive versus I want to minister to them. I want to I want to I serve them. And that's really what love is, right? Remember, love is the umbrella of one another. Love is, is giving sacrificially. It's about them, not us. Just like John 13, we love as Jesus loved us. And Jesus didn't love us because he needed our love back. And we don't really love him very well. He loved us because he had so much to give. And that love stands in stark contrast to the world. Our hospitality stands in stark contrast to the world. Because what the world often calls hospitality is actually entertainment. And so, man, when we when we really adopt biblical hospitality, what's gonna start to happen is our dinners and our house guests and our our coffee meetings and when we take people out to eat, it's gonna stop looking like an affinity group and it's gonna start looking like the church. You know what I mean? It's gonna stop being people eating together that of course they're eating together. They the same stage of life. They're interested in the same things. They kind of look alike. They're the same age. And it's going to stop looking like affinity groups. And it's going to start looking like the church where people from different nations and different, uh, different ethnic backgrounds and, and social backgrounds are, are doing life together. That's the gospel, right? That's what's going to happen um, if we start to, to, to exercise the gospel and, and, and give to others not based on what they give us. And our like mindedness, but give to them based on what we can give to them because we have the love of Christ to show. And that's that's really reflective of the gospel. But I'll tell you, it's not really all that natural. I'll just be be frank, right? It's not as natural as hanging out with your buddy who you're close with and they're easy to have dinner with and they're easy to go hang out with, right? That's why first Peter four nine, if we read on, right, it, it look at it again, first Peter four nine. Peter says, show hospitality to one another. And, and how are we to show hospitality to one another? It says, without grumbling. Like he adds that nice little caveat there. You show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now why do you suppose he would say without grumbling? Because it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to show hospitality. For some of you it may be easier because that's your spiritual gift. But for the majority of people, hospitality can be, it can be hard work, right? But just because it's not our spiritual gift, Does that mean you shouldn't do it? Is evangelism your spiritual gift? Because it is in the list of spiritual gifts. If not, does that mean you shouldn't tell people about Jesus? Is service your spiritual gift? Well, if it's not, does that mean you shouldn't serve? No, see, these are commands that are given outside of Scripture, but some people are just a little more gifted at it, and that's where they focus most of their attention. And so we are to be hospitable, even though it is uh, among the spiritual gifts, and, and we're to show hospitality, but it's difficult. And, and I think that's why a lot of people just don't practice it at all. A lot of Christians just don't practice it because it's difficult. And so Peter says, do it. Do it without grumbling. And so just for the next few minutes together, I just want to look at a few things. I just want to look at just three simple um, points. Um, I, I'd call them common grumblings over hospitality. You like that? Common grumblings over hospitality. And I'll just give you a little bit of a biblical response to those. All right? Here's the first one. We've kind of already touched on it. The first grumbling is that hospitality is hard work, right? Like it's, it's hard work. We'll put them up on the screen. Hospitality is, is hard work, but it's worth it, right? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, Jesus is sending his disciples out uh, in, in pairs for ministry, right? And, and you remember what he says to them? He says to them, whoever receives you receives who? Receives me. He says, whoever receives you guys as I send you out, receives me and so know that as you're having people over to your house you're receiving jesus i'm not calling them god i'm saying that jesus is saying as you love them you're loving on me and so yeah it's hard work but do you want to display the love of christ to the lord and worship him in that way well then that's what you do it's hard work but jesus is worth it and so hard work looks like you may have to clean your house Right? Some of you are like, oh no! You may actually have to clean your house. Becky and I kind of see that as a good thing. Like we have a lot of regular things happening at our house, and we kind of we're like, man, this is pretty stressful because we will clean, and then our boys come right behind us, and they're like, ah, ha, ha, throwing stuff right behind us, you know, and and, and so it's stressful. But we see it as a good thing because it forces us to, you know, keep our house, you know, somewhat, somewhat tidy, right? And so we're at least having to clean it a couple times a week for something, right? And uh, if, you, if you really want to be spiritual, you can always just use the authentic card, right? You know, like Christians say, I want to be authentic. Yeah, and so I'm not going to clean my house because I want people to see the real me, you know. So pull that card out if you want. But I just think you need to exercise some hard work because Jesus is worth it. Another thing you might have to do is you might have to, uh, you might have to go out and make a trip that you typically wouldn't make to to maybe purchase food or to get something or I, I don't know and it's hard work right they're vegetarians <laughs> I, I just I just so used to cooking hamburgers like I got to go get like nuts and weird herbs and things what am I gonna do you know I go oh it's like an extra trip right and and it might be tough for you but it's it's something you got to do right we make we make dinner or dessert or coffee and on and on and on whatever it is that you do cooking is like you can't do it make coffee right have a dessert go buy some cookies take them out to starbucks i don't know. get creative be creative um, because you're hosting jesus you're loving on jesus as you love on other people but we're going to have to prepare which means we're going to have to have some added work and it's hard work and uh, man aren't you glad that hard work didn't stop jesus I mean, it was hard work. Let me just remind you, Philippians 2, 3 through 8. Here's what it says. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count the with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so loving others through hospitality is hard work. It's a way, like Christ, to count others as more important, significant than yourselves. And it was displayed for us in Christ as he goes to the cross. And so, yeah, it's hard work. It's hard work, but Jesus did it. And uh, we are to do it, and we are to do it as a way to love on him as well. And so it's, it's tough. Here's another common grumbling. Um, it's uncomfortable. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like for some of you, hospitality is just uncomfortable, right? Like right now, some of you, thinking about hospitality and hosting someone, you're about to have an anxiety attack just in your, you're like, I oh my goodness, just hosting somebody. Listen, I'm socially awkward, right? Maybe that's what you're like, this is hard stuff. It is. It it can be uncomfortable for many people. Like I've had plenty of those socially awkward, you know, dinner meetings at my place, you know, or I went out to coffee with this one guy. He barely, I I thought he spoke better English because of his connection card, but I guess he can write it, but he can't speak it. And so we went and had coffee together and uh, it was like, Yo, I'm, I'm amo Jesus? I don't know. I was, like, trying to get it out there. I can't even speak Spanish. I'm, like, I'm trying to help here, you know. Like, it was just really, really tough, you know. And, and I've had some awkward dinner meetings and stuff. But you got to press through it. I understand social awkwardness. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I understand it. I, I, I'm the guy who I totally remember, like, at church. It's happening several times. Not here, the other church that I came from, uh, where I'd go up to somebody and be, like, good morning, how are you? He'd say, good morning, how are you? And I'd say, good, how are you? Wait, did I already ask you that? Okay, now I'm a fool. Just social, opera, it can be uncomfortable for many people to, to host or to, you know, really receive somebody and talk to somebody. But the more you do it, the more natural it becomes, right? Like my pastor is in his 60s, and uh, he and his wife are like a well-oiled machine when it comes to hospitality, I mean, they, they have some years on me. They've been doing this since they were saved in their, you know, their, their 30s. And so they've got like a good 30 years of practicing hospitality. And so, man, what they would do is uh, I was a pastor alongside of him. And so when they would host people that were younger, they would invite Becky and I along. And, and we just got to observe this little machine, just work, man, just hospitality. It was really cool. And, the, I mean, we got to the point where we knew what they were going to serve. We knew that we would show up to their house and on the on the coffee table, we would all sit down, and there would be a bowl of toffee, which I loved going for toffee, right? And then she would come out with these little like little mini smoothie things, and we would all sip on smoothies while we talked about Jesus. And then we would sit down, and I even knew I I, I even knew what conversation was gonna take place. I knew what stories he was gonna share. I knew at what point in the conversation. That the wife would say, So tell me, honey, when did you get saved? Right? I knew at what point in the conversation when the pastor would say, And, and what is your spiritual gift? I knew it, right? They were, a, they were a machine and they were genuine about it, but they just, the more they did it, they became really, really good at, at hospitality. And, and Romans 12 13, as we read earlier, uh, tells us to show hospitality. Some translations say, Practice hospitality. Hospitality and that that word as it's given there in the original language actually is is, is carrying the idea of of continually doing this as, as as this idea of really practicing it as as in repetition and, and the more you do it as with anything the, the more natural it becomes so so practice it I, I know it can be uncomfortable it can be uncomfortable to, to have people come into your place and, and know your weaknesses, know that you get stressed out when you're trying to be hospitable, to know that your kids aren't perfect, right? Like that can be stressful when people come and, 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 and see that. But be humble despite the uncomfortableness and, and engage in it. And so press on in that. Here's one, one final one. Um, one more common grumbling is, is that it's time-consuming. It, it is time-consuming. In other words, I'm busy, right? I'm busy. And, and yet the Bible says, be hospitable. Um, man, for some reason, everybody thinks that they're busier than everybody else. You ever notice that? Everybody's busier than everybody else. And so we all kind of think, well, they can take care of it. They'll, they'll, they'll surely be doing it. And, and man, we're all busy. <laughs> Life only gets busier until maybe the day you retire which I really don't, I'm not a big fan of retirement in terms of checking out and moving to Florida. I'm, I'm a big fan of retiring, sure, but engaging even more in ministry with that free time. But we're, we're all busy until, at least until retirement. But, man, if, if you're too busy for hospitality, I'm assuming that that means that your TV hasn't been turned on all week. Like, if you're too busy for hospitality, I'm assuming that means that you haven't logged onto Facebook all week, right? If you're too busy, <laughs> No, I mean, we're not too busy. We just have a, an issue with priorities, right? That's, that's really what it is. And, and time is something that we have to give to the Lord and give sacrificially. We talk about giving sacrificially. We talk about uh, Proverbs three nine, uh, where it says that we're to give the, the first fruits of our wealth, right? First fruits applies not just to money. It applies to all kinds of things in our lives that we're to give to God. It applies to our time, right? And so if we're going to give of our time to God uh, and give of our first fruits, that means not if I have time, I'll be hospitable. It's God commanded me to be hospitable. And so that's one of the first things that's going to go on my calendar. Who am I going to be hospitable to in this next month? Who am I going to serve in this next month? Uh, You're giving him the, the, the first fruits. And, and really, if you just keep waiting until you're, you're not busy to practice hospitality, you'll never practice it. You've got to put it on the calendar. You've got to make a plan. Becky and I have made Thursday the day for us. How about you? Back in, in the book of Mark, we've been talking for quite a while about Matthew meals. Is that going all right for you? I mean, have, have you been too busy to even put one on the calendar? Think through that a little bit. Here's another chance for you. So many of us are busy, and we assume that other people will do it. Other people, I'm sure other people would be hospitable. And I just, let me just, as as we're kind of wrapping up here, let me just tell you guys this. Um, It is very, 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 very rare in Boston, in New England, that that people will want to engage here with us and in the church because they received a card at the farmer's market. (laughs) That they're going to want to engage here with us because they received a postcard in the mail you look at our, our track record, it's only people who have a Christian background, right? People very rarely are going to want to engage here because they read our ad in the newspaper or because they, it popped in their head that they should look us up on Google. Very, very rarely. People engage in this because of relationships. They engage in this because somebody reached out to me. They engage in this because somebody at work... Invited me to coffee. Somebody spent their lunch break with me. They, they engage in this because uh, somebody hosted a game night and invited uh, my friend, and my friend invited me. And that's how it happens, is, is relationships. They, they engage because I came to America to learn a language, and I was open to American culture, and they said, you want to come have an American meal? <laughs> and I said, all right. That's, that's how it happens. Um, and so we, we have to be really... Serious about this, God has given us a command uh, to show hospitality to one another, and if this is going to happen, it's got to happen that way. We've we've got to engage in this. We really, really do. And so we show hospitality. We Christians need it. That's why I said show hospitality to one another. It displays the gospel, and we have to preach the gospel to ourselves and to each other daily. (laughs) We have to, and we've got to live it out together. Together regularly, and, and uh, man, Christians need hospitality. Just uh, last week, maybe the week before, um, a family from JP, another church they go to in JP, uh, invited Becky and and me, and my family over, and uh, I had met this lady in passing, real quick, when we all served at the farmers market, and uh, she invited me over, and and uh, we had several email correspondences planning this, you know, this trip over to her house to have dinner, and. To be honest, by the time it was, it was time to go to her house, I didn't even know what she looked like. I, I like I'm like, i like, man, I hope we get the right house, you know, because I, mean, I, I think I know what she looks like. I mean, barely, I mean, it was like so fast, and it was raining, and I, man, I barely even knew what she looked like. And and be, truth be told, beyond Jesus, we had very little in common, I and mean, very little in common. She was you know, probably at least 25, 30 years older than me, her and her husband, and and, and so we had not much in common but Jesus. They wanted to be hospitable to us, pretty much strangers to them, because that's what the Bible tells us to do. And so Becky and I, we left encouraged. Our our night looked like this. We walked in, and and as we walked in, we literally walked into a cloud of smoke, because her oven was all jacked up, because the pie had oozed over and was burning. And so the other thing was just she was freaking out. She had to, like, call a neighbor that she barely knew and ask if she could put the food in her oven. And so we're sitting, we, hello, bye, and we're sitting in the living room alone <laughs> with her, you know, daughter <laughs> for, like, 30 minutes while she's running to the neighbor's house with food, you know. And, uh, man, it was crazy. But it, it's not easy. And that's part of the whole it's uncomfortable. You're going to mess up. You've got to learn this thing, right. But, man, the night ended with them saying, can we pray with you? Like, yeah, they prayed over us. They opened scripture, read from First Thessalonians two. We read some of that last week to us about how ever since I first met you, I haven't ceased to pray for you. Are you serious? Like I just met you in passing at a farmer's market and you've been praying for me and you're reading this scripture over me. We left unbelievably encouraged because Christians need encouragement. We need people to show hospitality and, and to welcome us in, right? It's a beautiful thing. And also non Christians need it. Because they need to be invited into gospel community. And um, it's sad, but Christians don't really have a reputation for being nice, kind people, do we? That's pretty awful, you know. And, and I, you know, I, I know that I think we get a bad rap in a sense. But we need to be really engaging aggressively in radical, radical kindness. And, and, and truth be told, as a church, our radical kindness needs to be a little less of the, the, the forced here-to-serve shirt kind of stuff that's a little more easy for us and a little more of the natural. Can I have my neighbor eat at my house? Can I invite a family that I work with over to my house? That's a little more natural, and we need to engage in that kind of radical uh, kindness. We're going to meet language students, right? And. and they're open to the culture. Invite them over. Show them American meals. Um, we're going to meet people from the Washington Street Projects who finally can come because of a bus will go by their house and the, the church. And they're socially different for most of us. They're economically different for most of us. They're culturally different for most of us. There's not a lot of affinity group stuff happening there between us and them. But that's hospitality, taking someone who's more or less a stranger and welcoming them in after church or something like that. We're going to have people stop by that are new in town, or, or, and they're looking for something. We're going to have people come in that they know that we're new in town, and they want to check us out. We're gonna, Man, we're going to show them some radical love, some radical kindness, because that's what Jesus did. He did what was hard, he did what was uncomfortable, and he did what was time-consuming, right? God had plenty of things going on, running the world, upholding the world. He said, I'm going to step out of that and step into this. I'm going to become one of them. He displayed radical kindness for us. And, and remember Romans 2, um, 4 says that it's God's kindness that led us to repentance, right? And, and likewise, God wants to show kindness through us to other people, which leads to uh, repentance. So if we want to see people in West Boston uh, come to know Christ, if we want to see one another really thrive in our faith, then we have to, like Christ, um, we have to show kindness it leads those who don't know Jesus to repentance, and it leads us to repentance so that we can grow um, in holiness uh, by doing what God has done for us, and that is displaying love through kindness, hospitality, and um, really, it's who God is, right? God is love, Scripture says, and therefore, um, that's who we are, because if we're his children, his DNA's in us. If he's love, we're going to be loving. It's not just simply something we do. It's got to become something that we are. And, um, and it, it might be a little forced for you at first, but God will allow it to become something that you are. Let me just close with this um, little quote I found um, as I was studying this week. It's just a book from Holman and Pratt on um, hospitality. Here's what it says. It says, Hospitality, rather than being something you achieve, is something you enter. It is an adventure that takes you where you never dreamed of going. It is not something you do as much as some, someone you become. You try and you fail. And you try again. You make room for one person at a time. You give one chance at a time. And each of these choices of the heart stretches your ability to receive others. This is how we grow more hospitable, by welcoming one person when the opportunity is given to you. God, we love you, and, and we thank you that you have been hospitable to us perfectly, that you set the table, that we partake of communion, you, you gave us the bread. You gave us the, the wine. Your body and your blood shed for us. Lord, we are so grateful. So grateful for that. God, under this example, may we be a hospitable people. But may we be really strategic, really creative, really serious, as it says. Be earnest about this. May we be earnest. We want to show love. We want to do so by hospitality without grumbling. May this be us, Lord. May we do it. May we become it. May we become a hospitable people. Lord, we thank you for the gospel that has so captured our hearts and our affection and has changed us. And God, may we be a people who are just really, really intent on extending that invitation to gospel community to others. God, do a great work with us as we move to this next phase for our church, Lord. May this, uh, this, this message, these truths ring in our hearts. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.